This, 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 this is mythical. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. From Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans, they've got you covered. Heck yeah, they do. Their products come in a variety of amazing colors, from classic black and white to pinks, greens, yellows, and blues, and the best part, Nicole... Everything's non-toxic. Josh, I've been in the market for a kettle for months. Yeah, I've heard I've, you talk about it a weird amount. Yeah, I've bought like a bunch, returned a bunch, but I just got my hands on the Great Jones Fellow Kettle collab, and I got it in the color broccoli, and I'm so excited to make artisanal teas and coffees. I'm trying to get on my coffee game right now, and I'm mm. so excited to use a gooseneck kettle. We have no idea. I'm excited to use their yellow hot dish, a.k.a. casserole dish. Shout out to Minnesota and Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, but right. I'm, I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, I'm an adult. I should have nice vessels to serve food out of sure, instead of just serving it on like stainless steel restaurant style things. And I like it. It's cute. It's got a good design. Bakes really well. Holds heat. I'm in, baby. And once you try Great Jones, you'll want to share it with friends. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SANDWICH. That's greatjones.com, promo code SANDWICH. And slop it on top of hot dogs, slurp down a bowl with onions, and some weirdos in Ohio even put it on spaghetti. The world loves spicy, greasy chili, but who cares about love when you can debate? Is chili soup? This is a hot dog as a sandwich. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what? Welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich, the show where we break down the world's biggest food debates. I'm your host, Josh Scherer. And I'm your host, Nicole Hendizade. And today we're discussing, Nicole, this is a heavy hitter episode, is chili soup. So I don't th- think this is a heavy hitter. I think this is obvious. No, no, no this is not, Nicole. Nothing is ever obvious on this podcast, and nothing ever quite makes sense. We're like a Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, except we never killed kids on this podcast. Uh, those kids died, right? Yeah. Anyways, the reason we're now talking about is chili soup is because this came up on GMM, where we did a fast food soups taste test, and we included an entire chili round. That sparked a debate in the comments between people who either agreed or did not agree that chili is soup. So several people, for whatever reason, Nicole, you and I have become the authorities on these things as our inboxes on Twitter and Instagram have seen. Anytime any influencer posts, who's a hot dog is a sandwich to drum up false levels of engagement because they don't actually have anything interesting to say or add to any conversation. uh, We are the authorities on this. Um, So now's the time to do it. It's my turn to talk. It's my turn to talk. Sorry, I got all wound up. I'm drinking a non. I'm drinking a non-diet Red Bull. What? Uh, and I got. I got the sugars. I got the sugars right now. I've never have I ever seen you drink a a non. What is it called? Sugar-free Red Bull? I don't know. I don't drink poison like that. Um, no, I'm gonna say right now that chili is soup. Why come? Of course Why it come is. Chili is soup. Why come? Because it's a type of soup. What do you mean? You just you're just you're just throwing it out there that because it's it's just got liquid and broth and meats that it's a soup. What do you think it is? How a braise? Simple. No. Okay. Oh, God. Again, Nicole. Nothing is obvious. Nothing is ever simple on this podcast. Whose fault is that? I don't know. Could be yours. Could be mine. 
It's your <laughs> fault. <laughs> um, That's because you you bring up stuff like the the complexity of the universe and string theory no, and no, no, spaghetti, no. and I don't need that. That's not what it's going to come down to. This is going to come down to the Portuguese colonization of Goa on the Indian subcontinent. Uh, but before we get there, oh, was that really the Portuguese? Yeah, so the Portuguese con- uh, conquer, colonized, conquer, whatever you want to call it. The Portuguese colonized Goa in India. Goa, yeah, which is why um, a mm-hmm. lot of Goan food will. Include pork, and it has a lot of Portuguese influence. Um, actually, there's there's a dish called pau budgie that's one of my favorite Indian dishes. And pau literally means bread in Portuguese. Uh, and a lot of people from Goa have uh, very Latinate last names, which is very interesting to me. Uh, and that does play into chili because I do not believe chili is a soup. I also don't believe soup exists, but that is a debate for another time. <laughs> I believe I believe that chili, full name chili con carne, is a curry. I believe it is a uniquely American form of curry. And then, okay. you know, a, a lot of people could... Is curry not a soup? I don't know. If you got a bowl of chicken tikka masala, <laughs> would you consider that a soup? Uh, maybe. I don't, it's more of a stew, no? It's chili a well, stew? I mean, oh, God, that, that gets down into a whole other thing. Stew okay. versus soup today. Because, because let me tell you, in, in my culture, stew is stew and soup is soup. But- there is a clear distinction between the two, okay. and it's all about the viscosity of the liquid. Okay, that's really interesting. So I'm thinking of uh, Persian soup like ashereshta, right? Yeah. That's a soup. It is. Whereas geme is a choresh or a stew. Yes, I'm so proud of your pronunciation. <laughs> you taught me so Literally, well. Literally, I'm cheesing so hard on the other side of this of this table right now. <laughs> I'm like, look at my son. He knows how to pronounce words so well. I'm so proud of you. Give me my Persian Jewish bat mitzvah that I deserve. I never had one either. I went on a cruise to Alaska instead. Did you know that? <laughs> no. I never had a bat mitzvah. My parents were just like, here, we're going to go look at glaciers and orca. And I'm like, okay, thank you. I'm a woman now, maybe. You saw Shamu in Alaska. You are a woman now. Mazel tov. <laughs> read, read Shamu passages from the Torah. Exactly. Okay, but but to me, to the untrained um, Ashkenazi eye who is only a, a casual fan of Persian food, uh, the viscosity between those things is not very different. Like in my opinion, like would you say there's a a? I think stew has to do with stew meat. Okay, but I mean, there can't there there has to be a world in which vegetarian stews exist. Well, now in the modern sense, sure, but before, no. Every single stew was made with beef or chicken or lamb. So you're saying it's the idea of like a vegetarian stew is the same thing as a veggie burger. The term stew comes from stewing meat for a long period of time. Yes. In the sense that the term burger comes from like grinding meat. However, if you grind vegetables in the same fashion, it's still a burger. Yeah. That's interesting. So the stew versus soup debate is certainly interesting. I think, again, we talk about fluid dynamics a lot on this podcast. We talk about needing to get an actual physicist to take viscosity measurements and flow rate measurements, which I think those are technically the same thing. Every time I bring that up, I get like a handful of physicists in my DMs uh, who are just like, hey, I'm an actual <laughs> physicist. What you said doesn't make sense. I'm like, shut up, Meg. <laughs> um, <laughs> shut up, Meg. Okay, okay. So so chicken tikka masala. Let, let's go back to that analogy because that is... <sighs> Curries also do not exist. And You're listen. That quote is going to be taken out of context. Boo-boo, no, no, no. To run that back. Oh no, no, no. I I will absolutely explain this. And any okay. any Indian person can tell you that curry does not exist in India. It is 
simply not it's a an word. Americanized. It, it well, uh, uh, Brit- British <laughs> Britishization. UKized. Yeah, UK-ized? I mean, it's it's absolutely a function of colonization. So uh, the legend goes. Um, actually, hold on. There's let me cite let me cite my source. Okay, so a lot of this is kind of paraphrased from Lizzie Collingham's book. Uh, it's called Curry, A Tale of Cooks and Conquerors. Uh, and the initial kind of term curry, as we understand it, uh, pretty much across the world today, because it's in Hong Kong, it's in Thailand, uh, it's in South Africa, mm-hmm. it's in Australia, it's in America. Um, the the term, as we understand it, likely comes from a Tamil word that's very similar. It's pronounced like kari, uh, which can have different definitions based on how you pronounce it. Um it, it can either mean like biting uh, or it can mean seasoned. But when the Portuguese got to Goa in around late 1400s, early 1500s, uh, basically one Portuguese explorer was like, yo, what am I eating? And they were just like, cari. Uh, and then he just took that to mean any sort of dish that was stew-like and that was seasoned heavily with spices. And so you kind of start with this 500-year-old idea that anything with a vague Indian spice flavor profile, because again, spices like, you know, like, uh, I don't know, coriander, like black pepper, um, like cardamom didn't exist in Europe at the time. So they took any heavily spiced food that that came from the Indian subcontinent, they just kind of started calling it curry. And then, you know, the British East India Company um, and other British companies that had colonized India at the time started selling what they called curry powder, and they even sort of sold it back to their colonized subjects. And then that literally spread to anywhere that Britain was. So literally, you think of the idea of Thai curry, because a lot of people bring that up when they're like, well, Thai curries have existed for, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of years, but they were never called curries. The Thai term for what we call curry is a uh, gaiang, I believe. And so curry is this kind of neologism that migrated its way over there. So I would take curry to mean any sort of heavily spiced stew, essentially. And I think chili satisfies that definition very, very vividly because to me it is aromatics, it is spices that are you know, somewhat either indigenous or indicative to a region that are stewed for a long period of time. Uh, so to me, chili is absolutely a an American, technically a Tejano curry that may have roots in the Canary Islands, may have roots in Mexico, who knows? So that is my big brain, galaxy brain theory that chili is not a soup, it is a curry. Why don't you just call it a guisado? So the Mexican roots of chili are are really, really interesting. Also, it depends what you're talking about when you say Chili. So if you're talking about chile con carne, um, there are some people who believe it literally has Aztec roots. There are uh, historians that wrote about Aztec stews that were like chilies fried in lard with tomatoes, etc. Uh, but the addition of a lot of the spices, which if you talk to anyone who makes chili seriously, the spices are a huge part of it. Uh, some people think that that comes from a bunch of Canary Island immigrants who settled in San Antonio. Interesting. Yeah. My friend is actually currently in the Canary Islands right now. So funny oh, really? to say. That's yeah, a trip. she's traveling around the world right now. Do they tell you anything about the food? Um, she just says that there's a lot of Spanish. She's like, it's like a lot of Spanish influence. And like there's no yeah, actual makes- traditional food or people there in the Canary Islands. Man, speaking of colonization, uh, but yeah, I mean, Spain would have brought spices from Morocco to the Canary Islands, which explains, you know, how something like cumin would end up in Chile con carne. Interesting. But so where said, does this mean? So what does this have to do with the 15 lovely southern men cooking up chili up until, you know, they have their necks and ground beef and beans and spices? How does this colonization 
and the competitions of chili and it being a soup or a stew or a curry or a guisado have to do with this podcast. It has, it has everything to do with everything, Nicole. Okay, so especially like when you think about chili, we now sort of think about the canned chili movement, right? Like Hormel is a big player in that game. Oh my gosh, yeah. And this all kind of comes down to like 1950s canning technology and just mass producing food, kind of, you know, convincing women that it's going to save, uh, you know, them domestic servitude to be able to just microwave up a can of fresh Hormel chili, get a spicy taste of the southwest of exotic New Mexico in your kitchen. Uh, and so that kind of happened. And it sort of like took chili away from its roots in a, in a sense. It was also kind of the first mass produced, if we consider chili to be a Mexican food, and that is how it was marketed a lot of the times. Uh, and there's a really fascinating story behind what are known as the chili queens of San Antonio, um, serving chili con carne. But if you consider chili to be like of Mexican origin, America sort of took that and then very, very much whitewashed it uh, to be this sort of like Southwest American universal flavor that everyone can enjoy in their own home. Like put a can of chili uh, into your, you know, microwave hard taco shell or something like that. Uh, so I think it transcends soup in that way. because. Do of... you think manwich is chili? No, manwich ain't no chili. Manwich is... Agri... Manwich is chili. No, manwich is agridolce. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I bought a can of manwich was 4GMM and I was like, Hey, Josh, am I supposed to like buy ground beef and put it in here? Or is it in here? And you're like, yeah, Nicole, you have to buy ground beef. And I'm like, wow, you Americans are so interesting. <laughs> yeah, they, don't, they, can't, they can't afford to put all the beef in the can. They just give you the slop. But they do it for Hormel. I was like, they can do it for Hormel. Why can't they do yeah, it for Yeah, but there's hardly think, any beef in Hormel. I think Manwich is more chili than chili is soup. I don't, I mean, to me... I think a sloppy joe sandwich and a bowl of chili are more related than any sort of soup, stew, whatever. Wait, I thought you said chili was a soup. But now that you talked about colonization and everything else, my brain was just like, nope. Yeah, because I mean, there, there's like, if you go to a diner, right? Yes. They'll generally have two soup options. Three, maybe, if you're lucky. They got clam chowder, which I also believe is a soup, insofar as soups exist, which, to be clear, they do not. You just said they don't see soups, soups don't exist no no nicole nicole you're i'm not flip-flopping flip i'm not flip-flopping <laughs> sir you're sure as someone who wears sir. flip-flops a lot you are a flip-flop can you hear my flip-flops i'm literally recording I can, them yeah, i can hear them. sir this is a wendy's drive through please stop yelling about chili and colonization knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling meeting new friends or just even to master a new skill but it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Okay, diners. Diners would typically have three soup options. You got clam chowder, you got chili, and then you got miscellaneous soup of the day. So, like, I understand the function, that chili is a wet food. 
that you eat with a spoon. So I understand the function of putting it in the category of soup. However, if there there is sort of a rule uh, in what do they call it, constitutional philosophy or something, that if there is a more specific term for a food, then you use that term. Can that argument be flipped against me in almost any argument that we have had on this show? Of course. Of course. I just choose not to because <laughs> I respect you. And if I like overpower you in a debate, you might fire me. No, that's not true. That wouldn't happen. I mean, it, it happened to the ones before you, but it wouldn't happen to you. There were ones before me? <laughs> <sighs> My heart. I, I am generally fascinated with like chili culture. <laughs> and what it, and like Y'all put beans in your chili? Yeah, for real. Because there's so many people that have so many specific weird memories and styles of chili that they've eaten. Uh, like a lot of the opinion casseroles we've gotten are people from, I believe, Kansas City, Missouri area who are like, you don't eat cinnamon rolls with your chili? Like, yeah, I remember when we used to get those comments. It's like, what? No, I do not. I also don't put spaghetti with my chili, but that does sound good, actually. I mean, that's another entire thing. If you <laughs> if you talk about the Cincinnati Five Way, which is not a grotesque sexual act, but rather spaghetti... <laughs> <laughs> I just raised my eyebrows at Josh like, oh, yeah, is that true? Y'all never had a Cincinnati Five Way? Right, so Cincinnati Five Way is spaghetti covered in Cincinnati-style chili, which is very, very sweet and uh, all sweet spice, too, with, like, cinnamon, clove, stuff like that. Uh, chili, spaghetti, kidney beans, cheese, and onions on it, I believe. Yum. Maybe sour cream. Uh, really delicious. I'm a fan. Um, but if you look at the chili like that, it's not a soup at all. I mean, it's like a bolognese, which is why they put it on spaghetti. Okay, I I am changing my tune. Chili is a bolognese. (laughs) Manwich is a bolognese. Chili is a bolognese. Spag bowl is bolognese. I never had spag bowl, mate. Eh, One time I went on a date with this little guy, yeah, little bugger, and he made me a bowl spag bowl, and I was like, what? A bowl of spag... Spag bowl is what the Brits call spaghetti bolognese? Yeah, I watch a lot of uh, British dating shows, like little snippets on YouTube whenever I'm bored, and then there's like blind dates, and somehow spag bowl gets mentioned far too much. It's, it's like a great first date food, you know? It's really weird the way that certain things like don't, translate across cultures like it's weird that in america we refer to almost any tomato-based pasta sauce as marinara yes where that's just like not a thing like marinara is a very unique like neapolitan dish literally means like fishermen's from the sea exactly yeah yeah Uh, and then if you go to australia where there's a very huge italian kind of influenced food culture um they specifically refer to tomato sauce as passata 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 interesting and i think it comes from like literally to pass the tomatoes through like a tomato crusher like a sieve uh-huh. yeah exactly so I think that's, oh, really that's so interesting back to chili being a bolognese <sighs> even if there's beans in that chili you're calling it a bolognese yeah of course what's your definition of bolognese because bolognese literally just means from the city of bologna uh bolognese is very very simple it is a <laughs> red sauce plus meat Plus seasonings you want to add beans in there go ahead i'm not going to judge you i don't care i guess yeah i've had like i don't know some kind of like Southern Italian, like no, chickpea bolognese. Sure, I have. No, I knew sure you were going to say chickpea. Sure, I have. No, you have. Yeah, dude. Where? Where? Uh, <laughs> you know, at the place. No, um, it was, it was, <laughs> it was some hipster Italian chef though in LA. I just realized, so it doesn't count because they make like wild. It was the same dude that makes the like soup dumpling tortellini in Brodo. Oh, you mean Alimento? Uh, Zach Pollock from Alimento. Yeah, yeah. Heck of a chef. Okay. But like for me to go ahead and be like, yeah, that's authentic Italian. That's that's tough. I don't doubt that he's done his research, et cetera, et cetera. But he's got a style uniquely of his own. 
Um, but wait, hold on. I was going to say something, but I lost it. My brain's all fudged up today, man. Chili. Mine oh, too. it's okay. The common problem that we're running into with the is chili soup debate is one, I keep insisting nouns don't exist. But two, you can't you can't pigeonhole chili to be one thing because there's so many different kinds. The difference between like say legit San Antonio chili con carne versus Cincinnati style chili versus a Coney Island chili dog chili that's just like a runny vinegary weird meat sauce yep, is so vast. Very so different. the term chili became so important to like American cuisine and there were so many imitators because of how popular it was in the 1950s that it simply means too many things. I remember going to a chili cook-off uh, that I should absolutely have won, but this one drunk you lady- You entered a chili contest? Yeah, dude, I entered a chili contest. I did this like really dope- I didn't know that. Yeah, I did this dope like small, it was like a you know small one, like 20 people sponsored by something. Uh, but I made this like great like smoked short rib, charred tomatillo, chili, yada, yada. Um, but some drunk lady went around and bribed all the judges. Uh, <gasps> but she made like a white chili, mm-hmm. which to me, like, what is a white chicken chili? Like, how does that have any sort of, you know, resemblance to a bowl of Texas red or even Cincinnati style chili? Like, it was just a can of Ortega green chilies and some like chicken breast. And it was white. I mean, we've made white chili on the show. But that shows how powerful the term chili has become in the sense that we use it as a generic term to describe any sort of like spiced American-ish, maybe Southwest-inspired stew in the same way that we use curry to describe any stew that has a vaguely Indian flavor profile. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, no, no. That makes total sense to me. But again, I don't. I still don't know. Is it soup? Is it stew? Is it just a, a boiled brothy, beefy situation? Like, what do we, what can we classify it as? Or does it not even need to be classified? Is it just chili? Is it its own category? I don't think it can be classified because, Nicole, are you ready for this one? Chili doesn't exist. Chili does not exist. Oh my God. Chili does not exist. There are too many kinds that when you say, it's like saying unicorns exist. Right? It's like, well, what do you mean by unicorn? Do you mean a horse that someone there's like, you no know, proof taped a unicorns. bone to its head? No, but I'm saying no, that like Josh, there's that's not a unicorn. There's no there's no universal understanding of what a unicorn is. Does a unicorn have wings? Does it fart out sparkles? Does it poo rainbows? Is it just a horse with a bone sticking out its head? There's no universal definition of what a unicorn is, so unicorn could it's not possibly exist. It's a magical horse with a horn on it. No. No. What are it its magic powers? What <laughs> Listen. I was a unicorn girl, okay? Listen to me right now. I know I don't look like one now, but I used to be a unicorn girl. These are the these are the requirements to be a unicorn. A noble steed. <laughs> <laughs> a noble steed, a horn on your head, and you have to be some sort of magical being. And if you meet those requirements, you're a unicorn. But we have never in the history of mankind have documented and proved the authenticity of a unicorn. But I've had a bowl of chili before, Josh. <laughs> Why is soup so politicized? Or is it because chili is not soup? I agree. Chili is not soup. I w- It was, but now it's really not. Speaking of politics, Macedonia is in the news. They're trying... Hold on. <laughs> I, I know nothing about Macedonian politics. I, I know there's something going on with them and the Greek government. Uh, but the reason I'm bringing up Macedonia is... Because Cincinnati-style chili was actually created by a Macedonian immigrant. And the spices... Interesting. Yeah. And the spices and flavor profiles are actually that of a Macedonian or, I believe, Northern Greek-style stews 
that often take like sweet red wine, cinnamon, and tomatoes and stew them with meat. Uh, and so that's why Cincinnati style chili is like hella sweet and has all that cinnamon in it is because it has nothing to do with the dish chili con carne uh, and is its very own unique kind of Macedonian American diaspora, beautiful immigrant business story of a dude who knew that people bought thick red bowls of food called chili. And he kind of turned this Macedonian dish into that and then slopped it on top of spaghetti and the Cincinnati five way was born and you shouldn't urban dictionary that. I don't eat chili. Did you know that? Yeah, I think. The last time I ate chili was maybe eight years ago at Johnny Rockets. (laughs) (laughs) Why does this conversation always go back to Johnny Rockets? Did Johnny Rockets file for bankruptcy or can we finally secure that Johnny Rockets? I want to buy. Josh, I've been so good to you these past (laughs) almost two years. Can you buy me a Johnny Rockets, please? I'm not buying you a Johnny Rockets. I'll get you one of the paper hats from Johnny Rockets, and I'll get you some microwave onion rings, and you'll be happy with it. But maybe it's not our opinions that count, which I know is a very tough thing to say, but maybe there's experts out there, Nicole, who have more formed opinions on this. But I think they're biased opinions, because this is what Brie Toland, vice president of the International Chili Society, who... Whose son are you that you got named vice president of the International Chili Society? I will call your credentials into question, sir or madam. I don't know if Bree's a a man or woman or what they identify as. Um, Okay, but Bree says, it is the official opinion of International Chili Society that chili is not and should not be considered a soup. True chili is not too thin nor too thick, making it neither a soup nor a stew. That's BS. I don't buy that because like, if it's in between a stew and a soup, again, we bring up Rachel Ray a lot. She is our goddess. Stoop. She, yeah, <laughs> Rachel Ray called it a stoop. Stoop kids afraid to eat his stoop. <laughs> oh, it's the, hey, hey Arnold, right? Hey the, Arnold, yeah. I didn't, yeah. I didn't watch Were you it. a stoop kid? No, I you didn't. were a stoop kid. I was, I was a stoop kid, yeah. I hung out on stoops and I threw uh, small firecrackers at people. Yes, you yeah, monster. Yeah, those little poppers. Those little poppers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then we got Campbell's vice president of marketing, Lynn Vandeveer. Who, again, these people are all coming in with reasons to try and sway your opinion. The International Chili Society wants you to think that chili is special, so they don't want you to think it's a soup. Campbell's wants you to think it's soup so they can sell more chili under the guise of soup. They say, be who you are and focus on who you want to be. If chili wants to be a soup, be a soup. If cereal wants to be a soup... Be a soup. I agree with that one, though. We welcome any food or beverage that wants to be considered a soup with open arms. You do you, Chili. One, that is some millennial. Wow. (laughs) That is some millennial participation trophy. B.S. Campbell's vice president. Not everything can be a soup. You're just you're you're warping terms here. No, no, no. (laughs) Color me impressed. I love this. I actually kind of do. This is literally every single thing that you say just in a concise, concrete sentence. This is literally every single point you make. It's just more, you know, millennial savvy. (laughs) That's why you don't like it, because it's easy to digest. I actually do like it. This is kind of weirdly beautiful to me in a way. I never thought I would uh, shed a tear. Super accepting, super inclusive. It's all 2020 is about, man. Radical soup inclusionism. Love it. Maybe I can get down with that. But here's the thing. Campbell's soup sales are down. Young people, they ain't been eating canned soup like the Ted Cruz's of the world do. You'll only get that reference if you know that Ted Cruz travels with his own cans of soup because that's what he enjoys eating, and that is the most Ted Cruz thing that you could ever do. But Campbell's What kind of soup? I don't know. What 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 kind of soup do you think Ted Cruz eats? Just like beef and barley? Uh like like it's canned, it's not in a box, like a yeah. like a cardboard box no. is canned. Mm, yeah, yeah, the cheap stuff. Cheddar? <gasps> yeah. 
cheddar, condensed <laughs> cheddar soup. Ted Cruz just sucking down nacho cheese out of Campbell's can. For sure, for sure. Continue with your point. I sorry. think I think I think Campbell's is trying to grease the tracks a little bit to try and up their soup sales because they know people ain't buying soup no more. So like, yeah, everyone come and be soup if you want to be soup. Free love, buy Campbell's. I'm not necessarily buying that. I'm sticking with my original statement. That chili is not a soup because soup does not exist, but also chili does not exist. I'm saying that chili is technically a curry, which I can't stress this enough, also does not exist. Is that clear? Yeah, I got that. (laughs) All right, Nicole, we've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what other wacky ideas are rattling around there in the Twitterverse. It's time for a segment we call... Opinions are like casseroles! I just let you do it that time. I kind of like that. Mythical Arshia says, Fruit Loops plus milk plus peanut butter equals bliss. I love old people cereals, so sometimes I like to take Cheerios and a spoonful of peanut butter and milk, and that's a really, really good snack. <laughs> I also do that with, stop laughing at my old people cereals. I, love your I also old people do that cereal. with cornflakes sometimes, and I also do it with Weetabix, which is the biscuit ones. That's so funny. I, I do something really similar. My favorite is Special K Red Berries plus milk plus Nutella. Oh, yeah. I love that Nutella and peanut butter do not dissolve into the milk at all. And I love that you just get like gobs of it and it's just kind of floating around. Ugh. Little floaters. Oh, little floaters of just consolidated fat. I love it. Love it. All right. At that weird Asian one, I like taking waffles, eggs, bacon, and syrup and making a breakfast taco slash burrito with it. As wow, someone you're who. so brave. <laughs> no, I actually hate this. Uh, me, one of the worst flavor combinations in all of food are eggs and maple syrup. I can't. I love maple syrup on pancakes, love it on bacon and sausage. Cannot stand when it touches my eggs or potatoes for that matter. You're so sensitive. I'm a Puritan. I love this and I would do this. So don't worry. I support you, I'm a, even though it's pretty basic. I'm a Puritan. I have never even had a Cincinnati five-way. <laughs> <laughs> Dale underscore Mark says, a food revelation passed on to me by an adventurous and brave friend. Dash of Diet Coke in your chicken-flavored ramen will change your instant ramen game for good. I love these little, I love these silly little hacks of how to make ramen taste better, like putting a gob of peanut butter or like putting a bunch of fish sauce. I even think of, I've seen people put like slap on some American cheese into their ramen. Hey man, I'm not going to judge you. I think this is awesome and like cool. And I'm honestly probably going to try it because I hate Diet Coke. So maybe it'll make me like Diet Coke. Who knows? This isn't a way for you to enjoy ramen more. It's a way for you to enjoy Diet Coke more. (laughs) I don't, you really lumped in like adding peanut butter or an egg or fish sauce to your ramen with a dash of Diet Coke. Those are not the same things. Ah, Whatever. Like fish sauce and ramen makes sense. There's a lot of like, you know, fish based soups out there. Peanut butter. Yeah, but that's kind of like the, you know, uh, forgive the uncouth parlance, but in my neck of the woods, that's called white trash pad thai. And it's yeah, delicious. Yeah, I've had it. I've had it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, dash it I don't know if it's something with like the aspartame or the caramel coloring or just the weird kind of like heady uh, artificial flavorings in it, but I'm interested in trying it. You've got our curiosities peaked. For sure. Okay, this, this one's interesting. At Fidelis, y'all, cheese does not belong on chicken sandwiches. I agree hmm. very hard with this one. And this is, an, okay. this is a weird opinion for me to maybe have. But I've discussed, I don't like cheese as much as people think I like cheese. Uh, and I think, especially a fried chicken sandwich, but even a grilled chicken sandwich, to me, it just does not go together. Like cheese and beef go together, cheese and chicken, not in this context for whatever reason. 
I sometimes like cheese on my chicken sandwiches, like a nice provolone, just blanketed on top with a bunch of mushrooms and a little bit of onion, I think is perfect. Um, but that's like more of like a homemade thing. Like if I go out and eat a chicken sandwich, chances are I don't want cheese on it. Yeah. But like at home when I'm doing a homemade little, you know, situation, maybe. <laughs> I understand like a sharp cheese. Like you get one of those like provolone picantes on there. It's actually adding yeah. some flavor. I actually hate pepper jack cheese. Did you know that? Why do you hate pepper jack? It's such a weird pepper thing Pepper jack hate. is nasty. It's like but the it- little dots in there like make me think of like worms. <laughs> Why do we both have irrational cheese opinions? Pepper Jack cheese, first of all, tastes like booty flakes. (laughs) And also, in my mind, the little flakes are actually booty flakes. We should market a cereal called Booty Flakes. (laughs) They're great. (laughs) That's already a slogan. (laughs) I was going to say, we're just going to try and buy that off of Frosted Flakes for our booty flakes. They're booty. Is that better? (laughs) Yeah. Does anyone, has anyone ever said the term bootylicious before? Did we just invent that? No. No, we got it. That's ours. They're bootylicious. Jackson064 says, Scrapple, fried hard with grape jelly, sweet gherkins, and cheddar cheese. In in parentheses, sharp. Uh, we had Scrapple <laughs> together, and we loved it mm-hmm. a lot. Scrapple's good. Scrapple in a roll with grape jelly. Instead of sweet gherkins, I would go... A hard mustard. fried egg. Oh, oh really? And I would have a little bit of mustard. And mustard too, but a scrapple and egg sandwich with grape jelly and mustard, to me, fan-freaking-tastic. Scrapple is the best. Yeah, people need to eat more scrapple. Eat more weird organs ground up and fried. I'm telling you, yeah. it's good for you. Makes you strong, makes your bones strong. All right, we got at Welp MFS one <laughs> Garlic powder, onion powder, salt, pepper. Required for seasoning meat. Tell your husband I said, you're welcome, and then rolling on the floor laughing. Whose husband? What is going on here? Okay, the person's implying that garlic, onion, salt, and pepper are required for seasoning all meats. That is a very delicious, very basic rub. I would also add paprika into that because I like the color red. Uh, But yeah, that'll honestly make most meats taste pretty delicious. I think if you're going to have five seasonings in a cabinet, that is not a bad way to go. Yeah. I agree. I think garlic powder, onion powder, salt, pepper, paprika are staples and everyone should have them in their pantry. Yeah, and some sort of green flake. That can be parsley. Josh, tell your husband they said you're welcome. You're welcome, hubby. (laughs) Um. XOXO. (laughs) Beth Ann M. Smith says, black olives smell like ass, as do cooked beef ramen noodles. Okay. (laughs) I got theory. I got theory for Beth Ann Smith. I think, (laughs) I think... They're going on a very small sample size. I think one time they opened a can of black olives and someone tooted. And she, this is probably her husband. And she went, hubby, did you, did you make toot again? Did you make air biscuits? <laughs> and then he was like, honey, no, I would never make air biscuits to you. And then she assumed it was <laughs> olives. And I think the same thing happened when she cooked beef ramen noodles. Beth Ann Smith, you got to tell hubby to quit making little toots when you're trying to just eat your ramen. Because <laughs> no, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. At Matt is evergreen. This one, Nicole. I saw this one and I said, this is going to induce a reaction. Can restaurants and legit everywhere stop putting onions in and on everything? It's a weak ass crutch that smells rank and you should try harder. You should try harder. Matt is evergreen. You should try harder to freaking be more inclusive and understand that onions are the building blocks of flavor in so many different culture cuisines. Matt is evergreen. You should try harder and enjoy your damn life. 
You should change your name to Matt is ever mean because this is a dumb opinion and onions are bomb. And you know what's a crutch that people use? Truffle oil. Truffle yeah, oil that's is a, a real crutch. crutch. Onions, onions are the building blocks of flavor along with garlic. Like, what are you talking about? You're just trying to be controversial for no reason. Matt is ever mean. Edgelord. Matt edgelord. is edgelord. Matt is ever always edgelord, man. <laughs> <laughs> glad we can glad we can agree on that one. Okay. Uh hey underscore um underscore it's me. My sister used to dip hard taco shells in applesauce. Uh she okay? <laughs> I got, Do you need to call somebody? A lot of people dip in weird stuff in applesauce. So here's what I'll say about that. There needs to be a more codified snack that you should dip in applesauce. Because that's why people are dipping all these apples. weird things. No, you can't dip apples in applesauce. It's like just... Why not? It's like just dipping a slice of cheddar in nacho cheese. That's weird. But, but well... Uh, no, well. it's not. Have you ever had a freaking... Have you ever dipped uh, chicken into mayonnaise, which is, you know, eggs? <laughs> that's a stretch. You know I do love chicken dipped in mayonnaise, being the whitest person on earth. Uh, but... No, it's like it's like putting ketchup on a slice of tomato and just eating it. Which, well, I guess I'd Josh, put Thousand Island acceptable, on tomatoes. Acceptable, acceptable, acceptable. Yeah, yeah. Dip apples in your applesauce. That way, you can prevent dipping hard taco shells in your applesauce. That makes sense to me. Apple chips. Yeah, yeah. At Emilio Ortiz of seven, burnt hot dogs taste better from a charcoal grill. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> As opposed to what? <laughs> burnt in a st- on a, in the oven? Just microwave burnt hot dog. Um, best way to cook a hot dog. That might be one worth exploring. Do people can do people care about that? Because I've said before that I prefer I so. a hot dog that's been poached in lukewarm water for about fifty to ninety five minutes, and then <laughs> and then taken out and just put wet into a bun and then wrapped up. But now thinking about a good charred hot dog from the grill, it gets me all excited. My favorite way to eat a hot dog is I take a hot dog, it has to be Hebrew National, and then I slash it like 15 times, and then it kind of looks like it's like been like through the ringer a lot, and then I take it on a searing, 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 searing hot pan, and then I just like let it naturally flip over on itself. You yeah. can't see me right now, but I'm flipping. <laughs> I'm flipping my fingers. I'm kidding. I'm six. I'm kidding. I'm six. <laughs> Lighten up. At, no, it's you, it's you, it's you. Squiddy Cake says rolled gold pretzels and cream cheese tastes like. Wait, wait. This person doesn't know what's going on. Rolled gold pretzels, pretzel and cream cheese tastes like popcorn, popcorn. Uh, okay. This is good. I'm happy no, that you have found this. I out. don't think so. I think this person has a concussion. Because <laughs> that happens, right? You get like weird. What? Are they, no, not anosmia. Di- dis dysphagia. I'll call it. No, dysphagia is a thing where you can't eat food properly. They got a weird thing where if you get a concussion, you like smell popcorn. Maybe. I think that's what happened. Don't <laughs> fall asleep. <laughs> At Dagny Jackson, growing up, a treat in quotes, which is how you know it was not a treat. We were given was pretzels on a plate with a dollop of mayonnaise to dip them in. So- Why are you making burner accounts again, Josh? We talked about this last time. Enough, enough. No, my treat was a frozen McDonald's hamburger that I would microwave and put Thai sweet chili sauce on. That was my treat. And that's, that's a real cute. treat. Yeah, just dipping dip pretzels and mayonnaise, though. Ah, that sounds great to me. Uh, Were they like soft pretzels or like... Hard pretzels, you think? I'm guessing, I was hoping soft. I'm guessing hard pretzels. I remember the first time I took my high school girlfriend on a date to like a nice restaurant, you know, one where you had to spend like $100 on like a whole dinner. There's this nice wow. Italian restaurant called Te Amo Ristorante in Laguna Beach. 
uh, and they like brought out their free bread type of thing, which were uh, grissini or Italian breadsticks and mm-hmm. what we thought was whipped butter, but it was just like a cup of mayonnaise. I'm guessing it oh was aioli gosh. or something. I've done that before. I've definitely done that before. Yeah, and I was into it. And my high school girlfriend was like, stop eating the mayonnaise. And I'm like, this is going to frame my love life for years to come, isn't it? And she said, yes, Josh, I am from the future. <laughs> 314 Cheller says, chocolate tastes great sandwiched between two chips. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. sure does. This is what we call a stoner snack. Yeah, yeah. This is called a stone. This is a stoner snack for sure. And as someone who once operated a failed pop up where I lost several thousand dollars called Stony Baloney, I can fully, fully endorse the fact that chocolate tastes great when sandwiched between two chips, potato chips and chocolate. What is what's that one? Jimmy Fallon ice cream where they do that or whatever? Uh, the uh, the Tonight Dough. Tonight Dough. It's got the potato- no, no Netflix and I think it's Netflix and Chill, but their version of Netflix and Chill actually. Why was he all? He was always laughing in the background of sketches. Ruined him. Fr- he ruined friend so of, many sketches. Friend of the show, Jimmy Fallon. We love Jimmy Fallon. Ruined sketches. And on that note, thank you for listening to A Hot Dog's a Sandwich. If you want to hear more from us here in Mythical Kitchen, we got new episodes for you every Wednesday. If you want to be featured on Opinions or Like Casseroles, you can hit us up on Twitter at MythicalChef or Zada with the hashtag OpinionCasserole. For more Mythical Kitchen, check us out on YouTube where we launch new videos every week. And of course, if you want to share pictures of your dishes, hit us up on Instagram at Mythical kitchen see you next time bring a bowl of chili